Welcome to In the Seams, a podcast by Broken and Mended with your host, David Heflin. Well, hello and welcome you back to In the Seams. And I'm very excited to uh, be back on the show today. And I have a guest, Sarah, Sarah Willoughby is with me. And Sarah is the founder of a, a very uh, important conference for people with chronic illness called Diamonds Conference. And that's been going on for uh, several years. And she's going to tell us a little bit about that here in, in a moment. Uh, I got connected with Sarah through a mutual contact with a ministry called Chronic Joy. I've talked about them before, and they're always good to check out as as well. But that led to a conversation between Sarah and I, and which has led for to an opportunity for me to get to speak at Diamonds Conference, uh, the summer summer version of that, which is coming up here in just a few weeks. And so, I'm excited for that opportunity, and I wanted to take advantage of that opportunity uh, to talk with Sarah and to be able to uh, get people excited about that conference and hopefully get them uh, signed up. And I'll mention at the onset here that it is a free conference for those who participate in it live. And I really hope that a lot of people will take the time to, uh, to check it out. And I think it will be a great source of encouragement and spiritual formation for people who are struggling with chronic illness and chronic pain. And so, Sarah, thank you very much for uh, being with us and, and taking the time uh, and I just want to ask you if you can begin by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and where you're from and what your story with chronic illness uh, has been. Yeah. Thank you for having me, David. And we are so excited to have you speaking at this coming event. Um, yeah, my my team is just very excited to have you on board. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Where I'm from is a question that I never know how to answer because I have grown up living all over the place, um, moving around the U.S. and internationally for various reasons. Um, but yeah, so I first, um, yeah, my story with chronic illness, I first got sick when I was 14, just turned 14. And I um, was undiagnosed for a long time. I was undiagnosed for nine months, which I know in the chronic illness world is honestly not that long to be undiagnosed. True. Many people have have to walk through that for a lot longer. Um, but yeah, I was living in Washington State at the time. It was beautiful, evergreen, rainy state, and I loved the lifestyle and the environment, but um, my body did not. And so long story short, eventually I was diagnosed with toxic mold poisoning, um, Lyme disease, and multiple chemical sensitivity. And so from there, uh, my family were like, didn't know what to do. So we went to Arizona, nice, dry desert Arizona, where we didn't think there was going to be any mold, which is not entirely true, but um, it also, we had friends there that were the only people we'd ever heard of that had any experience with toxic mold poisoning. And so we went, um, we, we li went, moved there, no place to live for a while in that process with mold poisoning and um, mycotoxins from mold that were um, 
like just got into everything we owned because my mold exposure was from mold that was like uh, growing in our walls and we didn't know that. Um, and so in that process, we lost a lot of our, like the majority of our material possessions. Um, we just uprooted unexpectedly as a family and found ourselves in Arizona. And so we were house hunting for a while, trying to find a place to live that didn't have water damage, which was very hard, and that was, uh, didn't have, like, it was brand new without water damage. It had all these, you know, paint chemicals and things like that, that because my liver was wrecked, um, could not handle. And so it was a long process, but God provided a place that was just um, exactly what we needed. Um, he provided the funds that we didn't have for that place to live. Um, and we moved in and I started to do better. And then one day my mom found me on the bathroom floor and I couldn't move and I couldn't feed myself and I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. And I was just, just not functioning. Um, and so out of desperation, we tried one more doctor and um, she was doctor, I think, number 17, because people had been like, well, I don't know what to do with you. Try this specialist. I don't know the answer. Try this specialist. And so we just got passed along from doctor to doctor. Um, but this this doctor that was recommended by a family friend, she ended up being able to help me. And it was like. She happened to have a specialty and she happened to have a practice 30 minutes away and she happened to have an opening for a new patient and just all these things that were just so clearly God, God working and God um, honestly just really protecting me because when we went to see her, um, she told my, my parents that if I hadn't come in, uh, I would have died within a month. Not something that every 15-year-old hears. <laughs> right. um, and so, uh, yeah, it was a long process, long roller coaster of healing. I think we, before all of this, I used to, I didn't think healing was so complicated. Or I didn't think it was so long. And I didn't know what the word chronic meant. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was a, well, a couple years of that healing process of um flare-ups and going back and then taking steps forward and falling back again um but yeah that was uh the general picture of what my chronic illness journey was like um up until about 18. so and may I ask how, how old are you now i am about to turn 22. <laughs> okay so between 18 and almost 22, is has that has it been better for you? Has you been able to function better? Yeah. So it's again, it's been just a process and a stepping stone of healing and recovering. But it's um, thankfully I started to be able to function more normally and then more start to branch out, start to like dreams that had died when I was like, I'm going to be chronically ill in this way for the rest of my life. And just, you know, dreams of had died. And so they started to be God resurrected them and he gave some of them back to me. And um, yeah, so now I am still sensitive to mold. I'm still sensitive to chemicals. I still can't eat a lot of 
variety, <laughs> but I'm able to be in much lower daily pain and be able to think and to function and yeah, like in the ways that I would like to. Yeah. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. I, I know that uh, part of your, your journey and maybe a, a really big turning point in your journey in terms of coming into ministry to others with chronic illness has to do uh, with a book you wrote. And uh, I'll just say as an aside, my family has benefited from that as well because my own son was, uh, he wa- became right before he was 16, became chronically ill. And, you know, we started to have you know, quite a bit of struggle seeing him change so much because he just didn't have the energy, uh, you know, to, to do any of the stuff that he liked to do for a while. And, uh, I found your book online and got it for him. And I know it was a blessing to him. Uh, so tell us a little bit, uh, about that book and how you came to write that. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit, a little bit about, tell us the title too, in case someone wants to, uh, look it up and, and, and get it for themselves. Yeah. Um, I am so glad to hear that it has been a blessing to your son. And I know that's hard, not just for the person who is sick, but the the family, it's hard. It's a whole, whole community journey to walk through. Um, but yeah, my book is called He's Making Diamonds, um, a teen's thoughts on faith through chronic illness. When I was, so I, I got sick, I was supposed to die. Then I didn't die. And, um, but I still couldn't really function well and do the things that I wanted to do. And so I found myself bedridden. I found myself housebound and I, I didn't know what to do, but what I could do was write because I could do that from my bed and brain fog definitely made that a challenge <laughs> many days, but, um, some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I just wrote out of my questions of, God, why is this happening? And why now? And why me? And why my family? And how do I pray when I can't think in full sentences? And how do I honor you when I, and like serve you when I can't even take care of myself? And um, how do I hold on to hope when hope is just disappointed over and over and over again? And what even is hope? Am I hoping in the wrong things? And so just all these questions are where my book came from. Um, Before that, when I when I got sick, I started writing a blog and then um, people started commenting and saying, wait, this is my story, too, and um, sharing their stories with me. And so that's really where the book came from. Um, So I spent that year focusing on uh, writing this book, editing it, getting it to the point of publication. Um, and yeah, so it's available on Amazon or barnesandnobles.com. He's making diamonds. Um, but yeah, so then I finished the book and was like, now what? Which is where the Diamonds Conference came from. Okay. Well, and I'll put a link to a couple of those places, uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon, uh, uh, in our show notes so that people can get that uh, easily. And thank you for telling us about that. And and so Diamonds Conference grew out of that. Uh, now, if there's going to be some people listening to this, they don't know what Diamonds Conference is. And uh, so tell me uh, what you can about that and how that came about and what what it is that you see God doing in, in that conference for people with chronic illness. 
Yeah. Um, so I, so I got to this point and I was like, well, now what do I do? Cause I still couldn't do everything I wanted to still couldn't engage with my local community the way that I wanted to. Um, and a friend just suggested like, what about a, uh, she gave me a long bullet pointed list. And one of those things was like an online conference in my naiveness. I said, that sounds like fun. <laughs> And I had no idea what that entailed. Um, but yeah, we are about to host our eighth event, um, June 23rd and 24th. And so what the Diamonds Conference is, is it is an online conference for Christians with chronic illnesses. Um, it's like you were saying, it's free to attend live. Um, but what it encompasses is, is a lot of different things. Primarily, it's like different speakers like yourself or um, just we've had a lot of speakers over the years sharing what they have learned, what God is teaching them through their chronic illness or their chronic pain. Um, and it's a chance to come together as a community and to engage with other people who get it and who understand. Um, and so part of that is, I mean, there's also like a private Slack community for attendees to engage with each other throughout the year. We have the stud a study guide to help like take the content and apply it to your own life and make it your own. Um, but yeah, I think one of the biggest questions we often get is like, who is this for? It's for those who are chronically ill, but well, what does that mean? Um, I think the question I get most often is, am I allowed to come? Like, am I sick enough? I only have chronic migraines or I only have this or that. And I'm like, that's, that's not how this is about. Um, it's human hearts are amazingly alike. And so yeah, it's those who are suffering and those who love those who are suffering. Yeah. Well, well, well put, you know, I've experienced questions like that with our support groups too. Sometimes uh -huh. people feel like, well, should I be in here? Cause others are sicker than me. And I think if you feel that you need the encouragement, we want you to be here. And, uh, yes. you know, and I think, uh, it's never about how much more someone is suffering. What we're going through is, uh, is, is difficult for the person that's going through it. And, and, uh, so yeah, that's good. And, and certainly want to encourage everyone, you know, that's listening to this podcast, uh, to please uh, be a part of the conference and, uh, tell us the, the theme for this particular one. Yeah. Uh, the theme for this summer event is resting in the storm. Um, resting in the I feel storm. Like, yeah. For people who are chronically ill, we can think that, I, I've struggled with these things. I felt like I, I'm resting so much already. All I do is lie in bed. So what does it mean to rest? Um, or I don't deserve to rest because that's all I do. So, so what's my purpose and where's my purpose? Because I'm, I'm not doing anything or, or whatever, but rest is an act of worship to God. Rest is what Jesus modeled. Rest is possible even in the middle of chaos, even in the middle of suffering. Um, and so yeah, we're just diving into all of that with uh, probably coming from the questions again, just like the book. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I th was encouraging to me to know, I was already thinking before I knew the theme, uh, kind of mm -hmm. what I was going to be wanting to talk about. And then it just kind of fit, I felt like really perfectly with that theme because uh, I'm talking just for my, re my readers, I'm sorry, my listeners uh, benefit want to, you know, say that what I'm going to be talking about has to do uh, with kind of the, 
way that Americans and Westerners in general often view time and productivity and how we attach value to that so that when we're not able to do what we used to be able to do, uh, we accept messages from our culture that we're less valuable. And so I'm wanting to yeah. articulate a, a view of time that's completely different than that, uh, which is, you know, a time that is that is focused in uh, the quality of our interactions and relationships. And it's not tied to productivity and, uh, and that there's grace in that God, and, and that grace comes from this idea of rest, which is uh, embedded in the creation itself. And is the first day that is set aside. First thing that the Bible says is made holy is, is the Sabbath, which is, you know, a, which is uh-huh. a word that means rest, you know? And so I, um, so I'm excited about that because I just feel like this is such an important thing for people with chronic illness to be able uh, to grasp that they are valued for who they are, for the relationship with God and the relationship with others, not because they can do, you know, A, B and C or do this much of that and spend this much time doing that and or because of their careers or and and it's a very countercultural message, but it is one that's always been at the heart of the kingdom of God. And, and yet, uh, you know, Jesus who tells us, you know, the, all those who are weary and, and heavy laden or burdened, uh, depending on which translation you use there to, to come unto me and I will give you rest. Uh, and like you said, that's, it's worship, it's grace. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, so it's exciting and, uh, so, so glad uh, to, uh, get to partake in it. And so glad for others that we'll get to as well. And looking forward to hearing from the, the other speakers. Uh, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit through the process of writing your, your, your book and then how it evolved into the diamond conference. But I wanted to, or Diamonds Conference, I wanted to ask just about how your relationship with God has changed, or maybe your perspective on that um, through your journey with chronic illness. So as you're kind of taking a, uh, you said you're 22, now or about to be, and it started at 14, you got the, the, an eight-year snapshot. How would you say your relationship uh, with God has changed uh, through this experience? Uh um, so when I, I grew up in a Christian home, I was the pastor's kid. Um, and I think somewhere along the line in that time, uh, before I got sick, uh, my faith became my own and I started to like seek God for myself and spend time with God on my own. Um, but it was really bubble wrapped. I had a really bubble wrapped faith, I think, in that I didn't really face any major challenges or suffering or anything like that. And so um, when I got sick, it's really I had to confront my faith. Is my can my faith stand up to what I'm facing? Can God stand up to the questions that I'm I'm having in the the suffering that my family was going through that I was going through um and I think the temptation of people as me (laughs) can be to hide from our questions or to shove them aside to be like well we shouldn't have these questions we should know the answers to these things or or whatever but I think that really separates us from God I think those things become barriers for coming close to him and um sharing our true like our their deepest heart with him um and so what what I 
did was I started to, I just asked God these questions. And that's where the, the book came from and the conference and all of that was asking these questions. But before it was all this public stuff, it was, and even while it was that public stuff, it was in my heart. It was, it was sitting there and crying and not having answers and saying, God, why? And God, how? And, and, and asking him these things. And, and that's where I think um, the biggest, the greatest intimacy with him came in that um, not to say that it was like this magical overnight thing. There were days um, where I was just unable to uh, engage with God in the way I wanted to. There were times where I was angry, where I was terrified, where I was grieving. Um, and there, there are two occasions where I remember just just giving up like, God, I'm, I just can't, I can't pursue you anymore. I don't, I don't know where to go from here. And, um, and he met me in that. He met me in that honesty and those questions and those, um, that sharing of the things that I didn't think I was supposed to be feeling or thinking. And I think that's where the like greatest intimacy with him is that I've experienced in my short young life, um, is in those moments. And so, um, there was that in the, in the, in the like darkest moments. So there was that intimacy. And then as I started to physically heal, uh, I got all turned upside down again. <laughs> I was like, okay, like suffering had forced me to go to God constantly every day. Cause I just couldn't do it on my own. And then things got like a little situationally easier. And I was so afraid of losing that intimacy with him. I was so like, mm. okay, well, when I'm not forced to him every day, am I actually going to be like uh, coming to him in that way? Am I going to be close to him? Am I, how is this going to look in a new season of life? Um, and so that started new wrestling and, and the healing process you would think would be all joyful and cheerful. And it was not, it was grief and it was processing and it was trauma and it was healing. And so, um, yeah, it was, it's just been an ongoing journey and an ongoing process. Um, started out bubble wrapped, got to have some intimacy, like that was really sweet and beautiful. And then I'm still figuring out what it looks like in this, this new season of life. Wow. Well, that's, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, that is such an interesting perspective you shared. Uh, I think not necessarily unique in the sense that others don't experience it, but maybe unique in the sense that we don't really draw attention to the idea that we're always going through a process of, if we're gaining something, we're losing something else. So, whereas, you know, I think about early on in your journey, you're losing physical health and the things that come with that, but you're gaining this deeper intimacy with God and, and, and a, in a more authentic uh, faith uh, because of what you're wrestling with. But then as you get better, you start healing, uh, you, you have a sense of, or at least a fear of losing something that has been gained through that experience. And, uh, it just kind of shows that it's it's really this whole chronic illness journey, both the good and the bad, is always a a, a roller coaster in some ways. You know, uh, one in which we know God's got us, uh, but uh, you know we don't can't necessarily see the hills and the turns ahead either. You know, and so that that can make mm -hmm. it. Uh, pretty challenging. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's given me something to think about a little bit. Cause I, I'm in a, I'm in a season right now, uh, where I've been mm -hmm. feeling quite a bit better than I had, uh, in, than I have in recent years, um, which I'm very grateful for. Um, 
And, uh, but I hadn't, I need to, I need to contemplate some of these other, these other things too, that it's, it's never a simple process. Um, Mm -hmm. and so maybe in all seasons in life, we can, we can learn that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. So thank you. Thank you for that. I, I I know too, we've talked a little bit about your age and I even know at my age, my problem started at think 35, I believe. And, uh, you know, and, and I would get a lot of times from older people, older people in the church, you know, oh, you're too young for that. Um, you know, which was never really that helpful by the way. And you, you probably have heard some versions of that. Um, but I'm Mm -hmm. wondering, you have a, a perspective as someone who's had to deal with this from a very young age. And what is something that you would want to share with a younger person? You know, that younger person, we can define them just anyone in their their teens or early 20s or something like that, you know. And what is something that you would want them to know at the beginning of their journey? Uh, and kind of a different way to look at the same question, but whatever works best in terms of answering it, maybe a, what do you wish that you knew at the beginning uh, of your journey? Um, yeah, I don't know if this is age specific, although there, I feel like maybe it could apply, especially to younger people, but you're not alone. And I wish I'd known that I wasn't alone. I think it's so, I I felt like I was the only teenager sitting there watching my friends play and watching my friends be normal. And I was the only one sitting on the sidelines and I was the only one unable and I was the only one who felt like my body was really, really old. (laughs) Um, and my, but my mind and my heart were young. And so, um, yeah, I just, I really, I think any, any person with chronic illness, I just want you to know you're not, you're not alone because there are people who get it. I think, don't maybe quote me on this, although this is an interview, so whatever. But um, I think it's like <laughs> 90, 90 million Americans that are uh, chronically ill, according to the CDC, or, or I think this was a wow. study in twenty eighteen. Um, but that's insane. Like you're you're not the only one with that's going through what you're going through, and and because humans are amazingly alike, you're not the only one with the questions that you have. You're not. Um, you're not alone in what you're going through. And even if, even if no other person understood, because honestly, you are the only person going through the exact set of circumstances you are with the past that you have and the future that you have and the dreams that you have. And so even if no one else understands you, God does. He sees you. He understands you. And um, he's also... He loves you in that and he's with you in that. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't leave us to figure it out on our own. And so, yeah, ultimately what I want every person with a chronic illness to know, um, but especially the young people, is that you are not alone. Yeah, awesome advice and insight and so important uh, for people to realize. And I know it's uh, a big part of, I think what chronic illness ministry is about, whatever kind of flavor of chronic illness ministry we're talking about, conferences, support groups, online resources, and or a podcast, whatever it might be, that that is the reason why we're talking about it is um, not just because it's maybe therapeutic for us, we're talking about it because we want people to know 
that they're not alone. And even as we share stories that hopefully they, their stories are unique to them, but they will recognize things in our stories that re- are reflected in, in their own. Kind of like you talked about where people were telling you when you were writing the blog and, you know, that, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my story, too, that there are these commonalities with the, with the struggles, with the questions and, and with some of the experiences that we can lean into God and, and learn from. And, and so, uh, yeah, that's, that's really important. And that kind of brings us full circle in talking about the, the diamond conference or diamond, I keep calling it, it's diamonds plural, right? That's a diamonds conference because we're the the diamonds in this case. Yeah. Um, And I, uh, we talked about the summer theme already. Um, Well, actually I did want to mention something else before I got to that. And I think you barely touched on it earlier, the Slack uh, community, um, because as I saw, cause I joined that community yesterday as part of just kind of, you know, getting familiar more with the, your, your ministry and the diamonds conference that's upcoming. And I think I saw like over 300, uh, people that were, you know, in that community. Now, is this something that people can join, uh, directly or they have to receive an invitation? How does it work if someone, and, and I'm asking if someone doesn't know anything really about Slack because I didn't until I, I got onto this, uh, you know, yesterday. Is that something people uh, can join through a link or how does that work? Yeah. Um, we are revamping our website at the moment. So my, I think that it will be on our website, um, Diamonds Conference um, if you just Google that, it will come up. Um, but if you want to be sure, you can go to that Diamonds Conference website and sign up for our summer event. Um, even if you're not able to attend live and you can get all the resources that way, including all the community information. Um, but yeah, the community is running throughout the year. We do different connecting things on there, um, places to just talk with different people who get get what's going on. Um, but actually, another recommendation is People Hope. <laughs> this is this is not Diamonds um, connected, like affiliated or anything. But um, People Hope has a great like um, ongoing program. Um, uh, it's called Focus Fix, and that's a way that maybe to like have resources and people connection throughout the year. Um, whereas Diamonds, I feel like, is often a chance to get to come together. But yeah, we totally have a community. Um, it's been active for a couple of years. It's still daily active. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try to include as much of the, you know, the links and, you know, certainly to your website and the registration for the conference. And, and, and like you said, hopefully they'll be able to, to find the information there. But I just wanted to come back to that point just because you were talking about helping people realize they're not alone and, and maybe seeing a community like that, like just visually seeing, Oh my goodness, there are hundreds of people in this community, uh, which is just one sm- small fraction of, like you mentioned, all the millions of people out there that are struggling with, you know, chronic illness and chronic pain. And uh, so, yeah, so thank you for that. I think that's, that's, that's really uh, a, a neat thing and a, and a great source of support. Uh, is there anything else about Diamonds Conference or the future of Diamonds Conference that you'd want to want to share or even about the upcoming summer event? Um, yeah, so 
a thought about community, um, if you don't mind. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think that often as those of us who are chronically ill, we can think that we're the only ones because we're, you know, we're bad housebound and bedridden, or we are just not able to engage. And then when we do make it out into community, the other chronically ill people are also <laughs> stuck at home or at the doctors or whatever. And so, yeah, it can be easy to think they aren't there, but they totally are. And I think online, there's so many tools for connecting. Um, yeah, but uh, Diamonds, um, yeah, we have, we usually do two events a year. This summer event is actually like a a mini conference. It's um, like very bite-sized, easy to just take in. Um, and then in the winter, uh, including this coming winter, we normally have a longer event um, with like 20-something speakers. And so um, we can plan on continuing to do that for the next couple years. We are in the process of becoming a non official nonprofit. Um, at the moment. And also, if you are interested in getting involved beyond just attending, we are always looking for volunteer staff members. So we have about 30 volunteer staff members at the moment, which is amazing because the first event, it was me, teenage Sarah in her bedroom with two <laughs> friends who took pity on her. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> um, and now it, uh, yeah, so we're, we're currently, I mean, looking for a website designer, looking for um, some people to help with moderators or to help with some behind the scenes stuff. So anyone's interested in getting involved further, we can, you can, whether that's joining the prayer team or whatever, there's lots of options um, and you can find that all at the website. Okay. Well, very good. And that is amazing that you have so many people uh, willing to give of their time for this, this mission and this ministry. And, and um, you know, it, that's just cool. It's cool to see God moving people together uh, to do something bigger than any one person can do um, by themselves. So thank you so much for sharing that opportunity as well as just that story. And uh, again, I want to, you know, thank you for coming on uh, in the seams today to talk to us. And I know it'll be a blessing to both young and old uh, and in between, you know, for people to hear some of your story and, and to see what God has done in that story uh, to uh, not only be a blessing to you, but also that blessing overflows to other people and that encouragement. So thank you so much for that. And I want to go ahead and, you know, just kind of close our time out and just kind of remind our uh, listeners uh, that uh, you can find anything you need to about Broken and Mended at brokenandmended.org, including this podcast will be available there as well, as long as well as the other places like Spotify and all that. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't need that information because you're listening to it. Uh, but uh, anyway, it's available in a lot of different places. And we have a, a blog there as well, other resources, ways to connect to uh, Broken and Mended on Facebook, as well as a way to uh, join our support groups. And uh, I will also include the information you can find in the show notes to get connected with Diamonds Conference and the other uh, related community and service opportunities that we mentioned in our conversation. And so for now, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. And uh, until next time, we uh, hope that you keep drawing closer uh, to Jesus uh, through, through your journey.